0: Welcome, curious minds and avid learners, to STEAM Chat, where the worlds of science, technology, engineering, art, agriculture, and mathematics converge in a symphony of innovation and discovery. Tune in and enjoy as we guide you through the realms of STEM, where we unravel the mysteries of the universe, explore cutting-edge technologies, and delve into the fascinating intricacies of the natural world. Join us on this intellectual journey as we bridge the gap between theory and application, uncover the wonders that shape our past, define our present, and inspire the future. Get ready to ignite your curiosity and embark on a captivating exploration of the STEM frontier. This is the Mesquite Works STEAM Chat, where science meets fascination and knowledge knows no bounds.
1: push the button
2: yes push the button (laughs) Um, we are pleased that ann and burton weist dropped in with us today for a podcast and we're at the steam center which burton and ann know a lot about the steam center so we do yes you do so hi linda how are you
1: i'm doing great hello guys hi we were just talking about Fifty years of marriage, and how many cars in those years? One point five per year. (laughs) Wow, (laughs) that's a lot of cars.
2: That's a lot of cars. cars.
3: And what were some of the favorites that you guys? My favorite was the Alpha Montreal Uh It was made for a Montreal Expo way back. What year was that? It was a
4: World's Fair. World's Fair, nineteen seventy, and it was uh, there were sixty of them. We had one and had it for several years. We, In fact, we got invited to the uh, Vancouver World's Fair uh, to display the car, which oh, was kind of wow. fun because uh, it had been made for the other Canadian World's Fair. So that was kind of fun. We, we rallied that car a lot.
3: We did. We Time,
4: kept... speed, distance rallies. Those are competitive rallies. Uh, we did that a lot with that car. That was a favorite.
3: That, what was fun about the rallies is the odometer was in kilometers per hour and your speed distance manual was miles per hour. So you would have to go 27.5 miles per hour from this fence post to that tree or that Uh town. And the uh, little needle for the odometer and the speedometer wiggled. So Burton had to look at the needle wiggling and figure where (laughs) 27.5 really was. And I had to convert the kilometers per hour to miles per hour from from the book. And we still
1: came in ninth and third on the two rallies. So that was fun. Oh, that's fantastic. And I love that you had to do math on the way. Yes, (laughs)
3: lots of it.
2: And there was no cell phone to do the math. right?
4: (laughs) No, people don't realize uh, rallies are a lot of math. Uh, You look at the books. uh, They give you a rally book. And there will be all kinds of symbols for different turns, directions, and all of that stuff. And uh, so it's a very... You're tired. You're tired when you get done, and generally they last three days, so you cover 500 cover 500 miles, so they're kind of fun. So, and we are doing put a plug in. We are doing a rally here uh, locally, a rally that starts in, in ends in uh, Saint George uh, for the National Alfa Romeo Club, and then the local uh, Nevada. And uh, um, Utah Utah Club, and that's in October, and we're going to have 50 cars uh, from all over the country participating in that rally, and that's a four-day rally, which will be driving all over Arizona, here Utah. So,
2: is that a competitive event?
4: uh, It's not going to be like the rallies we used, the other rallies we've done. No, this one will be a scenic, uh, scenic drive and go through all the national parks, go through Zion and uh, see all the sites. So it won't be competitive, but it'll be fun because it'll be a bunch of people from all over the country. You get together, we spend one dinner and evening at a dude ranch and on old movie sets, uh, which I didn't know, and maybe people in this area don't know, but outside of Kanab, they have filmed over 100 movies, uh, including one of the Planet of the Apes movies, and we're going to go to that set that's left over from the Planet of the Apes. Uh, so there's a lot to see here. Which, uh, uh, so we're gonna be showing off the area to people from all over the country. That's cool, so there's 50 cars, how many people? Uh, there would be about uh, 80 people because um, some of the people are by themselves, uh, but most people, uh, there's a couple. They have a co-pilot, not necessarily a spouse or, or a best friend, but they'll have, uh, be a couple and uh, go on the rally. So usually it's better that way if you have two people. Follow directions.
1: Sounds like great fun.
4: It is. It is. Even if you're married, it's fun. Uh,
1: <laughs> it's a test of marriage. <laughs> it's a test of
4: marriages, yes.
1: <laughs> a fun place in Kanab where you can spend lots of time is uh, Moki Cave. Have you guys been there before? No,
4: no, and that's not on our list of events either. So, Oh, where is that now? What's that about?
1: Well, it was originally designed as a bar and dance hall. It's a cave, man-made. They used to take sand out and make glass in that area. The gentleman who developed the cave to be a a dance hall and a bar has a lot of great art in it. He was also an archaeologist and traveled all over the world, so he has his personal collection in there and then... There's all kinds of fun stuff just to buy, rocks oh. and... And
4: Jerry. this is in Kanab or outside of Kanab? It's right
1: outside of Kanab. Oh. We'll have to check it out.
4: We'll have to track that down or let the uh, let the other organizers of the rally know about that. might be something we can do. Because we'll be spending hot. two nights uh, in Kanab at the... Perry Lodge? Perry Lodge. Okay. And if people haven't been there, all. will the, they have little cabins there, all named after movie stars that have been there and oh, really? uh, yeah, made movies in the area. It's an old place, but uh, small rooms, but they're really nice and uh, good food at Perry Lodge.
3: They have a big barn there, and in the barn they show old movies that were filmed in the area.
4: How so you, fun. Yeah, so in the evenings you can go watch a free movie that was filmed in the Canab area. Oh That's great. Yeah. Will
2: everybody stay at the Perry Lodge? Yes. They've got their room. Yep, okay.
4: yep. Yeah, yeah, we've booked booked up, Perry Lodge. I bet. Yeah. (laughs) We've got the whole lodge uh, for two nights uh, there in Kanab. We like Kanab. We've been there before and enjoy the old movie background and stuff. And I'd never heard of this cave. We're going to have to.
1: A big draw was the, um, this was before air conditioning. The movie stars could go in there and cool off and
4: have a drink. Oh, yeah. So, yeah. Oh, I can imagine that. Yeah, it's a, anybody who was a movie star has been there. Mm-hmm. You know, John Wayne yes. and everybody's been there. It's, it's really fun. So you
2: guys want to tell us about Little Burton and Little Ann?
4: Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> well, uh, very quickly, Ann and I are uh, from Oregon. Uh, initially, or was born in Oregon, made her rare while we lived there. We we met in the Brookings, which is on the Southern Oregon coast, and we were just there. Dedicate some land on behalf of one of my clients to a college uh, in Brookings to add on to the campus uh, where we already donated property for a campus. Anyway, we met in Brookings, got married there, and then we had kids, I don't know what else to say, and then we moved to the Portland area. Uh, I got a job as the lobbyist for the Home Builders Association uh, in Portland. Uh, We raised kids uh, and did that, and uh, I went on to lobbying. Uh, uh, I got hired as Chief of Staff to Ron Wyden, who's a U.S. Senator uh, in Oregon, and then we formed our own company, Western Advocates, and we had that company for 23 years before we sold it in 2007 and attempted to retire. But um, we had an interesting company. We lobbied when we sold it for 22 different companies ranging from, uh, and out organizations, ranging from the fire service in Oregon, special districts, to Hoffman LaRoche Drug Company, to plumbing contractors, to, we had a company motto that uh, uh, we would do anything for a dollar, that was our company motto, <laughs> and when we got successful, we said we'd do anything for money, uh, <laughs> and we got more successful. Anne had a career. Uh, she worked uh, as a manager for a Japanese-owned electronics company oh, wow. in Oregon, did a uh, background, in, in, so she's done HR and management and those kinds of things. Which uh, gets us all the way around to almost today, because today, Anne is the uh, bookkeeper, money person... Treasure. Treasure HR person for the uh, Mesquite Works uh, STEAM Center, Science, Technology, Engineering, Arts, and Math, uh, which uh, we have, uh, along with several other people in the community, we've uh, kicked off here. And tomorrow... Uh, is uh, the first of two days of open houses for the public, for mm-hmm. the Science Center. Uh, we're kind of excited uh, in doing all of that. So I use my uh, handshaking ability. and uses her management ability, and uh, along with the other officers uh, and folks at the STEAM Center, uh, we're real excited. This has been a real project for Mesquite and Moapa, Beaver Dam, for the whole region.
2: Yeah, as are we. Mm-hmm.
4: Yes, and we're sitting in the Steam Center right now. Yes, we uh, are. Yes. In our soundproof room, which you two uh, had a lot to do with. Uh, Steve glued up all the soundproofing in here, and uh, that's why it's falling down mostly.
2: <laughs> <laughs> yeah, but here's the good thing if it falls <laughs> down, it doesn't hurt you. Yeah, that's true. That's true.
4: One good thing about soundproofing, yes, <laughs> that's true. So, anyway, it's exciting to be here. It's exciting to be doing a podcast. In the Steam Center, which is, which is exciting for us, just an, another chapter in moving this along. Yeah, yeah and moving
2: along it does. But let me go back way back, just real quick. Mm-hmm. A- and were you like? I heard a rumor, like five years old, you got your first pedal Alpha Romeo. Yeah.
0: Yeah.
3: <laughs> <laughs> Not quite. <laughs> no, I, I grew up an only child and hated that. But I had 45 first cousins, so oh, I had lots old. of cousins to. Be my siblings.
2: Are cousins the best or what? Oh, they are. I love my Especially cousins. Especially when
3: they're 15 days and 15 months difference in age. We were like triplets growing up, so that was a lot of fun. Our, my mom was one of eight, my dad was one of six, and they ended up with one. That's just what nature had in mind for them. So, uh, yeah, when we got married, I knew I didn't want to have one by by itself. Burton's sister is nine years difference in age than he is, and he knew he didn't want them far apart, so we have two boys that are 16 months apart.
1: Oh, that's wonderful! Yeah.
3: They're both married and have wonderful wives, but no grandkids. They didn't choose to have families, so I share other people's grandkids.
2: Oh. Yeah, and there's a lot out okay. there for us yes. to share. <laughs> our, our, and, and tomorrow you'll get to see a whole bunch
3: of. Them. Oh yeah, it'll be great.
4: Uh, speaking of cars, our very first car, we had just gotten married, and we bought an uh, an MGA 59, I think it was MGA for four hundred dollars and we bought it in medford and we were going to college in ashland oregon and we got halfway to ashland when it broke down <laughs> <laughs> and that kind of set the tenor for cars after that so we uh, that was our first car when we first got married our first toy our first toy uh the first one we did that and then uh and you, uh, what else did you do <laughs> besides raise kids? Yeah? Raise
3: kids. Oh, I have two great boys. Working at DITRON, the electronics company he talked about, that was that was a lot of fun to manage. A company I started out, they had um, 20, em- no, seven, 7 employees and grew to 50-some in the five, six years that oh, I worked there. We had a Japanese parent. A lot of the Japanese nationals would come over and work for the company for a number of years or come to visit and we would host them and take them to a ball game or feed them American kinds of foods that they didn't get in Japan very often, and it was a it was fun to learn about the other cultures there. In fact, my old boss and his wife moved to Mesquite and live here now, so we still oh, really? see them, yeah. Yeah, he used to come to Mesquite and golf here all the time with his buddies, and came close to buying a second home for years and years and years, and finally did when he retired, so we, we get to see a lot of them.
4: Yeah, we brought a whole Oregon crew with us. We bought her old boss. We bought a, uh, another fellow that I worked with for years uh, who was a plumbing contractor, moved down here after visiting us. Uh, we had another couple that were neighbors, and they moved down here after visiting. Uh, so we've
3: Your sister? My
4: sister has moved here now, retired with her husband. So we brought a whole Oregon contingent with <laughs> us. Uh,
2: yeah, there's a lot of, you know, Mitch Fry. Yes. Yeah, he's
4: from Oregon. Yeah, there's a whole crew. Well, in our neighborhood, there's a whole group from uh, Montana.
2: In our neighborhood as well.
4: Yeah, and and it's funny, and they all get together, you know, chipping away. There's
1: so many fun things to do here. What was the most challenging part about starting your own business?
4: Well, I think for anybody that starts their own business, um, it's money. Um, because I think the reason most businesses fail, small businesses fail, is the lack of money of being capitalized. So for us, uh, the first couple of years were, were very challenging, and because uh, it's uh, meeting payroll and hiring people and firing people and all of that and getting a company established. People, when they start a business, or there's, I, let me back up, there's the, the political joke that you always hear about, well, I've run a business and I've met a payroll, so you should elect me for governor.
1: Mm-hmm.
4: Um, and there's some truth in that because when you start a business, uh, you have to generally, people borrow money, people... Mortgage uh, their house. Mortgage their house, uh, sure. you know, we certainly uh, mortgaged uh, our place. And uh, But the good side is, is once you get going, and we got fairly well established, after a couple of years. And once you get going, the good news is there's this tremendous satisfaction Mm -hmm. of starting a company and starting your own business. And uh, then to see it grow, the business we had was, as I said, uh, 23 years uh, old when we sold it. Watching it grow, watching the employees grow, and all of that is just tremendously satisfying. And I think it gives you confidence gives you confidence in life, gives you confidence in uh, retirement, mm-hmm. uh, that you're able to take stuff on. And you don't have fear, or at least as much fear, about taking on new challenges when you've done that. So that's, you know, the big challenge is always money. Often you can have a good product, uh, you can have a good, uh, good product, a good service, or good that. But if you don't have staying power, if you don't have the money to last at least two years, you probably shouldn't start a company. I shouldn't start a business.
2: And I would also guess that you forget hours.
4: Oh, yeah.
3: Oh, that was probably the biggest surprise, I think, for Burton is he, he's not a morning person, and he figured having his own business, he could set his own hours. Oh, oh. <laughs> it, it, doesn't, it doesn't work like that. You, no. you go and you work when you have to, not when you want to. Mm-hmm.
4: Especially during legislative sessions, we would work seven days a week for up to six months. And uh, so, yeah, it's work, work and hours. That's that's the other piece of it. But if you love what you're doing, mm-hmm. and I did. I enjoyed lobbying. I enjoyed working with government agencies, working with private companies and clients, and uh, it was fun. And what I also liked about lobbying was you learn both sides of every issue. Because the very first thing you learn is there are two sides to every issue no uh, <laughs> I know that'll come surprise to you Steve but uh, no you learn that lobbying that that uh, you know you think you've got right truth justice the American way on your side and there's always another side there's always another story and uh, that's what made lobbying interesting made it very interesting
1: we had a great discussion yesterday with Corey Clementson. oh yeah uh, one of the owners of Wolf Creek Golf Course and he talked a lot about having a valuable staff was so important.
4: Mm-hmm. Yeah, in our in our business, uh, we had nine employees, and most all of them had been with us for years.
3: Most all of them were women, too.
4: And they were all, most were women. I, uh,
3: very successful lobbyists. Yeah,
4: common. yeah, women made great lobbyists because they're very tenacious. <laughs> <laughs> and uh, um, that was fun, of course, having a company that was all women. I tried to hire men but they generally didn't last <laughs> for reasons I won't go into but they <laughs> was your hr person tough on them? yeah yeah well she was a woman so that was why. that was why but um you know staff is hugely hugely important and i i think today uh i don't think a lot of companies today value staff uh as much as they should Uh, especially bigger companies. Uh, They go through staff, there's a big turnover. We'll always get somebody else. And that's not really true. It's getting harder and harder to get employees. And there's a variety of reasons for that. One of the things that Mesquite Works does, in addition to running the Science Center, uh, Mesquite Works also, uh, we started out actually in 2015, uh, George Galt and I, uh, as a company to help train workers in this area and do resumes and find jobs for people and we still do that uh, and over since 2015 we have placed between our office and our jobs fair we've we've placed over 800 people in jobs wow in mesquite and we've done that all for free it's a nonprofit, and we've never charged uh, and in that capacity though we meet lots of people who have worked a job here, worked a job there. We meet people who are dissatisfied with their company. And we meet a lot of really good people that are looking for a good position and a long-term job. And then we meet a lot of people who aren't. And one of the things that actually led us into the science center business was meeting a lot of young people. And unfortunately, a lot of the young people would come in. And this true story, I had a kid actually be very surprised to find out you had to show up to work. Uh, what? <laughs> yeah. He thought it was like school. And, you know, we show up when we want to. And we can still graduate. Huh. We have one of the reasons for the Science Center, and working closely with the principals at the area of school, so I'm not trying to be overcritical of the schools, but is learning environment, you know, uh, parent involvement, all the things that go into modern education, all the challenges now. And we're unfortunately graduating a lot of kids that don't get inspired. And we're hoping the Science Center will inspire kids to do engineering, arts, math. And uh, we're also hoping to use the Science Center in training with Mesquite Works to train people to take jobs here. Because right now, the best and the brightest seem to think they have to leave Mesquite to have a career when they graduate from high school. And in large part, they're right. But we are getting more and more jobs here, uh, more and more opportunities. In fact, uh, I think it's next week, uh, the governor's uh, workforce housing board is going to have a meeting here. And it's going to be at the STEAM Center. And one of the things we're going to talk about is... What do we do with displaced people? Uh, for example, Crown, uh, when they came to town, uh, they have actually stolen employees and not criticizing them, mm-hmm. but they've taken employees from other businesses in town. So we're going to have a discussion with the governor's workforce board, which uh, my partner in crime, Joe, or George Galt, is a member of. Uh, We're going to have a discussion on, okay, they stole some employees. What do we do about getting some new employees back for those existing companies here in Mesquite that lost to the higher-paying jobs? So employment is very close to our hearts. It's what Mesquite Works uh, was founded on. And we're hoping the Science Center, in addition to inspiring kids, will create a chain of uh, young people that when they graduate from high school, or trade school, or whatever it is. They'll have been inspired here, they'll learn something here. And we're hoping to give certifications out. We get up and running. Uh, We'll be able to certify kids in 3D printing, for example, or certify kids in computer usage or robotics. And with a little certificate, they can use that to get jobs, uh, to get into engineering schools, uh, to get into trade schools. we're excited. We're excited about Mesquite Works and the STEAM Center.
2: And I think Crown is excited?
4: Yes, and, everybody's. The and. businesses in town are very supportive. Uh, our board of directors uh, is made up primarily of the major employers in town, as well as the principals from Virgin Valley, Moapa Valley, and Beaverdam Dam High School. Our board is very much committed to training kids and getting kids to stay in town.
2: Be huge for this little town. Because mm-hmm. we see it everywhere you go. Yep. Um, we're not open in the evenings because we can't get employees.
4: Yep. Or you are people. I see people on the internet all the time complaining about service. Well, <laughs> you know, it's a you can't have much service if you don't have employees, and it's very tough here. There's any given moment in Mesquite, there's somewhere between 200 and 400 jobs.
1: Really? Yes.
4: And people don't understand that.
1: Mm-hmm. I know all of you are working as well with city council and the mayor to provide housing for workers, right?
4: Right. Yeah, I served. Mm-hmm. I was uh, uh, The mayor had appointed me to a housing task force uh, right before COVID hit uh, <laughs> to try to come up with some answers for housing, because without housing, you're not going to get the workers. It's a, mm-hmm. it's a rotating thing. One of the issues we face, we actually on the housing task force. We actually talked to builders, developers. We talked to uh, Richard Seacrest, our planning director in town, who's getting ready to retire. We, with him, actually talked to builders and developers in Saint George, had conversations in Las Vegas, and and with developers here. And not surprisingly, the story was, I'm making, I'm working flat out, full time building houses. Which many of which sell for cash, (laughs) Mm -hmm. many of which are only on the market for a month. And you want me to build a 400-unit apartment house and then try to get the money for that, try to attract investors and go through all of that, and then turn around and manage it. Why do I want to do that when I can't, when I got more houses than I can think of? Understand that. And I think, Everyone should, you know, would understand that. It seems like we've turned the corner in Mesquite. Uh, There was a housing study a couple of years ago. We had a deficit at that time of around 800 units to 1,000 units of apartments. That's a lot for a town our size, and that was our deficit. But we're working on that. Uh, We're chipping away on that. We have a great mayor. We have a great city council, and uh, they have been working very hard to get apartments built, and we're starting to see it happen. We're starting to see projects spring up here and there, as I'm sure everybody in town has. Mm -hmm. And Lord knows we need them.
2: Not everybody's happy about it, but those not happy about it are also the ones that complain on neighborhood, why there's no Trader Joe's.
4: Yeah. Yeah. it's. uh...
1: Well, they want all the apartments below the freeway. Yes. Right?
4: Yeah. Yeah. It's... it's And... the the mayor uh, I have to give Alitman a little credit he had a great line at one city council meeting a couple of years ago uh, there was a subject of uh, some property for a multifamily housing project and a person got up and said you know uh, I don't want I don't want those kind of people in my town you know that's just all they do is bring crime and bring all that bring all that stuff And the. And Al Litman looked over the microphone at the audience and he said to the person, he said, well, I don't know about you, but I'm too damn old to bust my own dishes when I go out to dinner. <laughs> and uh, and it, was, it was a great line, you know, because, uh, you know, he was, it, the point being that you want stuff, you want yeah. services, and, but you're not going to get them uh, if you don't have people to work there. And I think I mentioned, uh, well, I, maybe I didn't, but uh, George and I were on the economic development board Mesquite Regional Business together, and we kept losing jobs in Mesquite. We kept losing uh, warehousing, in particular. Uh, they would come here. We're a perfect location for warehousing. Uh, you know, we're about halfway between L.A. and Salt Lake City. We've got reasonable price land. We've got infrastructure. We've got right on the freeway. We've now got the new uh, overpass uh, um, there where Flying J is. And we've got everything we need, uh, but we kept losing those people, they come to town and, and guess why? We couldn't produce employees. Oh. They would need a hundred employees, you know, to work in the warehouse. We couldn't we couldn't produce them. So that was one of the reasons Mesquite Works got started was we wanted to provide a vehicle to work with potential employees and work with employers and do training and do resumes and do that kind of stuff to get people so that we would be able to get those jobs. And I think it's, paid off. I mean, Crown, Cork, and Seal is an example. Uh, They're
2: delighted with the location here.
4: And, uh, you know, they're going to bring more. Uh, uh, The chairman of our board of Mesquite Works, Gary Loosley, is also the manager of the Do It Best warehouse. And he certainly understands the need for employees and the opportunities uh, for warehousing here in Mesquite and other, other like Crown Cork and Seal manufacturing.
3: Well, natural gas coming here was a big. Natural
4: part gas that. was a big thing, and the the city city people worked very hard here uh, to get natural gas here because that's important for companies. So we've had a good. We've had the last ten years. We've had uh, excellent leadership at the city, and still do. Uh, we've had very energized people in this community, and we've been able to bring uh, to bring a lot to Mesquite. We will never get a, uh, at least in our lifetime, we'll never get a Trader Joe's. We, uh,
2: <laughs> oh, don't say that. <laughs>
4: yeah, we act just in case anybody cares. Uh, we uh, we talked to a lot of companies uh, over the years about coming here, and it's always population. Generally, chains like to see 50,000 people. Trader Joe's likes 150,000 people. Uh, so, you know, if you want a Trader Joe's, do you want 150,000 people? That's the, that's the kind of trade-offs, as you mentioned, Steve. Uh, you're not, you know, you want these things, but we're in Mesquite. We're a town of 25, 30,000 people, and uh, we're growing. But it's, uh, it's way in the future to see the kind of population that would attract a lot of the chain. But we're lucky. We're an hour from Las Vegas. We're 45 minutes from St. George. And personally, I think it's great. They have the traffic. Yes. Um. (laughs) And we can always go visit. Yeah, I complain every time I come home. Yeah.
1: (laughs) So, Anne, how did you get started? to be the treasurer here. Just everybody asked who wanted to volunteer.
3: Bookkeeping is my passion. I just love it. Um, I love to sew and I love bookkeeping. And I don't know why that's a combination, but that's my combination. And I've usually done it for so many years. Um, I never got my degree. I got two years of college before we moved away from Ashland and Mm -hmm. ended up going to Brookings and started our family. Um, But I I love it. I I just love doing it. So I just, I got frustrated when things weren't were being done on the you know pencil and pad and and rich green did a great job he was our treasurer before I came on board and he he's a Deloitte and Touche guy so he had a wonderful corporate background in, in accounting but um, he did everything on Excel spreadsheet and I'm I love QuickBooks so that's I've got everything in QuickBooks and it works great so oh, good. I just I enjoy it it's something I enjoy doing
1: good well I have to ask you about sewing do, yes. do you do quilts or
3: I've done a a little of everything. I'm, okay. um, I use, I've reupholstered cars and boats really furniture. Mm-hmm. My mom was into that, and so I, I followed her footsteps there. I used to make all my own clothes,
2: mm-hmm.
3: just because um, my body shape is just short in some places and long in other places, mm-hmm. <laughs> and it was just, if I bought something, I had to alter it anyway. So I just would start from scratch. Right now, I'm making a quilt for a little girl calls me Grandma Ann. Her mother and my oldest son's wife were best friends all through school, and um, she's a dancer and so her mother is having me make quilt blocks and each quilt block is a miniaturized version of her dance dress. Oh my gosh. And I'm taking these dance dresses that uh, any little girl would die to have to play in, yes. cutting them up and uh, making miniatures. But what I'm also uh, doing is I'm making Barbie doll dresses as well, because she's got a Barbie doll collection,
1: so. Oh my gosh, It's been, um
3: It's a very, very long-term project because she's still dancing and she's 10, so. I think she was three when she did her first dance. So I'm probably a third of the way of, through the the dance dresses that I currently have. Um, but that's going to be fun.
1: Will you send us a picture of what you're working on? Yes. I'd love to see yeah, that. Yeah, it's
3: it's it's been a fun project. It really has. So and I like sewing for our home, making mm-hmm. drapes and valances and all that stuff. So.
4: I think one thing Ann didn't mention is the, the reason she got involved. I think in mesquite works is because uh, when we started our just resume writing mm-hmm. training business we had an annual budget of 16 thousand uh, dollars a year and which we raised from local businesses uh, and then once the freest foundation gifted us the shopping center here the mesquite plaza shopping center we went from being a a year operation to a $2 million a year operation, and so the Excel spreadsheet system didn't work anymore, so uh, we, Anne came on board because she's very good at math and very good at uh, bookkeeping and can manipulate uh, all the manipulation that we need to do with uh, with QuickBooks and all of that kind of stuff, and we
3: we no longer can do the little e-file nine ninety because we have <laughs> more than fifty thousand yeah. in income. So Hinton Burdick has become one of my best friends. <laughs>
4: <laughs> but yeah, we've uh, the in twenty fifteen Mesquite Works had a budget of fifteen thousand a year. In twenty twenty three, our budget is two point something million. Two point something million. And the
3: wonderful thing about it is us being a nonprofit is that all the rental income from the center, from the other tenants, is non-taxable for us. Oh, So excellent. we're able, we have to pay property taxes, obviously, which is mm-hmm. a, a big big number for a shopping center. But we're able to use the rent income from the shopping center to pay for the expenses in the, in the steam center, um, as well as upgrade the center itself. Mm-hmm. Last month, we replaced three air conditioning units. One of them was seven grand and two of them were four in one month. Wow. Because of the age of the shopping center, mm-hmm. things are wearing out. But mm-hmm. we're gradually doing that. We we got donations and borrowed money and, and remodeled the shopping center and got new signage. And, and we're going to have the parking lot done um, the end of September. It's going to look really, really nice. So we're able to take those monies from the rental income, but the other thing about owning a shop center we pay all the garbage we pay all the water we pay all the sewer so even though we have rental income there's still that's not just straight income and mm-hmm. there's money that goes out for that as well
4: and you've basically filled the shopping center right yeah we've uh, when we took it over uh, the shopping center was about 40% rented uh, we've been as much as...
3: We've been 100%.
4: 100% yeah. rented. Uh, we now have... I'll put a commercial out if anyone's listening. <laughs> we have three spaces uh, now that are available, which is the most we've had in the last two years. Uh, but we've got three spaces right now. But we're pretty... You know, we're 80 90% rented, which in this town is very good. Um, uh,
2: yeah, looking around, it sure is.
4: Yeah, you look around. We've been able to stay rented. We have very reasonable rent here. And I think a lot of the tenants appreciate that their rent's not supporting some corporation in, in Costa Rica. You know, it's, it's supporting the steam centers. It's supporting the science center for kids. It's supporting Mesquite Works. So uh, that's, where their, that's where their rent goes.
2: Yeah, and my wife uh, is across the street at the Happy Hippo, and yes. and she tells me how much Junior and his wife are appreciative of their
4: rent of their space, so much so that they're opening up a smoothie yes. shop. Yes, which we're all dying for. It's been hot as heck out there, and we're <laughs> and there's no smoothie shop. So if you could let him know that uh, we're all anxious to get it going. Well, I'm I'm sure he'll hear this.
2: It should be op- He should be open tomorrow when we'll have people coming That's out. That's right. Yeah, That's the next right. two days. I
4: looked in the window yesterday and he didn't uh, didn't look like he was quite ready. But no. I know he's been waiting for all the bureaucracy, all the health inspections and all the other stuff that you have to schedule. So we're real anxious we're excited about the smoothie business and we'll think yeah. that'll be great for the shopping center and the community. Yeah, and it'll be great for kids when they come out of the state oh, yeah. to yeah. go get a smoothie. And they can have healthy drinks too. Yeah you know, so we're excited about that
3: we just put together a bike rack yesterday that'll be out in the parking lot Um, we're probably not going to mount it permanently until the the pavement is done being resurfaced but it'll be out there for the kids because a lot of kids will ride their bikes to the
1: steam center after school if they can for the different uh, classes going on that's wonderful and it's so smart to build a smoothie shop right next to the steam
4: center yes oh yeah oh yeah (laughs) we've got um One more space that's uh, just down from us here in the corner right next to Juniper Outpost. uh, which will be also a perfect location for some kid-oriented business, mm-hmm. uh, yeah. since there's going to be a lot of young people, K through 12, going through a lot of parents. Frankly, mm-hmm. uh, there'll be uh, uh, parents here because we're not a daycare center; uh, we're we're a science center, and so we want to involve the parents and want the parents here. So, be a great opportunity for somebody uh, uh, that likes uh, wants a kid-oriented uh, business or mm-hmm. young people-oriented business. You want to give some contact information for oh. <laughs> someone who might say, oh, that oh. sounds good. Well, you, con- you contact Jensen Property Management. Talk to Lucy. <laughs> Talk to Lucy at Jensen Property Management. Uh, they manage the – they handle the rental income, uh, the rental uh, uh, logistics of renting the, the spaces for us.
3: The space next to uh, – the STEAM Center has uh, suites One, Fifteen, Sixteen, 16, and 17. And then suite number 18 and 19 is like one big open area. And we're currently getting a bid from um, Jackson, Damon Jackson, who did the remodel on the shopping center to see what it would take to clean up that floor in there, make the electrical safe. It used to be a grocery store. Mm -hmm. So there's a lot of things that have been pulled out of there and like wires hanging here and there. But one of the things we're thinking would be fun for that room down the road is a great big Lego competition. And there are national Lego competitions where you have to be a certified Lego judge to even judge them. But that's something that's in our horizon that we're Mm -hmm. really excited to to be moving toward.
4: And that's 3,000 square feet. And uh, imagine a Lego competition center with 3,000 square feet. So we're working on that. We're expanding. We're going to expand all the way down. uh, All the way way to the pawn shop. All the way to the pawn shop down. Uh, We've uh, done a lease with uh, University of Nevada, Reno for their 4-H program uh, for the space immediately next to the uh, pawn shop. They're in the process of uh, getting their bids to remodel that space. So that will also be a science center uh, oriented towards agriculture. Uh, so we'll cover agriculture activities as well as uh, engineering, arts, and math, and all of that, all in a row here, this wing of the uh, shopping center. That's great. Do you want to talk about um, cherubs? Yeah.
1: <laughs> yeah. Which, that was which, on my mind, too. Which are my favorite.
4: People come in to visit. I take them to see the cherubs. Yeah. Well, we uh, when, when uh, we remodeled the shopping center in Damon Jack- Jackson Construction, remodeled the shopping center. Um, this is a very old shopping center. Uh, it's one of the original ones in Mesquite. And it's been done in, in two or three phases. Um, but it was designed originally to be a Spanish theme, I think is the best way to put it, Southwest Spanish kind of theme. And they put cherubs on the back sides of most of the columns. And they're... Uh, Never quite figured out what they're made of. It um,
3: feels like a plaster.
4: It's like a plaster Old with fibric in it or something. They're fairly heavy, but they had these cherubs. And so when uh, they were going to tearing, every, you know, all the columns were being torn apart and every, all the fascia being torn apart, we asked them to save the cherubs. So we have about um, probably 40 cherubs.
3: There's three different styles, three different yep. versions, mm-hmm.
4: and they're probably three and a half feet high by two feet three feet wide, four feet high, something of those dimensions and um, if If someone has a use for them, we thought perhaps someone would like to paint them uh, maybe as a as a fundraising project, maybe paint them or clean them up. But if someone uh, has a good use for a cherub or two uh, or three, uh, we'd be uh, glad to talk to them, and they should come by the uh, Mesquite Works Steam Center office. And uh, if they have, and if they want to look at them, you can look through the window in space 118 uh, of the shopping center of Mesquite Plaza, and you can look through the window and see what they look like. But if someone has a good idea for a fundraiser or for some activity, Uh, please let us know. We did give a couple to the guy who redid our signs. Mm -hmm. Uh, (laughs) He took one look at them and decided his wife wants one of those very badly in his garden. So he took some. So we've been giving away a few here and there. Uh, But they're great little cherubs. Mm -hmm. Three different styles. Uh, They're just ripe for fundraising. Oh, they're absolutely ripe for that. Uh, They're ripe if someone We were
3: hoping the Artists Association would want to Partner with us to do a fundraiser, and we had some discussions and about doing it, and it, it never came to fruition. But uh, that that was a, one suggestion that would be fun. I'm sorry some... to
1: hear that because I think that would have
4: been fantastic. Yes, yeah.
3: we were real excited about the. Partnership.
4: If some nonprofit out there uh, would like if would like to, th- if they can think of a use uh, for them as some sort of a fundraiser, support the community. We'd love to hear from them.
1: Wonder if the Women's History and Culture Center.
4: That yeah, might be. Yeah, yeah they've, they've actually been here. Mm-hmm. Um, they've
3: donated money. to. We have a, a donor wall inside the 116 unit um, where we have different categories of different donors. Several mm-hmm. of them are anonymous, but we'd love to have anybody also donate and put their name up, $1,000. You get your little name on a plaque up there, and there's there's a lot of people in the community that have been helping us out. It's uh, It's fun to come see what names are up there.
4: Yeah, the That's names wonderful. you'll see. You'll see the uh, uh, major businesses in town, employers mm-hmm. in town, banks, um, uh, the casinos. The you'll see a cross section of the community, the city of Mesquite, uh, with the good work of the mayor uh, donated a hundred thousand dollars, with which we purchased uh, a lot of the equipment, 3D printers and. Mm-hmm. Uh, virtual reality? Uh, virtual reality, uh, a lot of the stuff uh, was paid for with a grant from the city. Both,
3: both of the local Rotary Clubs have um, right. participated and One Rotary Club did the, the Lego table that's up there and even bought a competition table top. The other Rotary Club just bought us um, drones, inside drones, only inside, not outside. Hmm. And you can program, so there's five of them, and you can program them to work together in a swarm and do really? something. Yeah,
4: Make we're it. having a competition. We have an obstacle course, indoor obstacle course for drones. Hmm. Wow. Yeah. Sounds and that was donated uh, by the Sunrise, Rotary, Sunrise Rotary. Rotary Club. And the Lunchtime Rotary Club also.
3: Did the Legos. My
4: sister belongs to, and, mm-hmm. and Linda Galt uh, belongs to, George's wife. Uh, they donated Legos and built a Lego table for us. So we've had involvement from them. Uh, we had an anonymous donor that gave us over a hundred thousand uh, dollars. We've had just tremendous response uh, from this community. So, uh, and in smaller donations, uh, we're we're doing with the kids painting it. We're doing a leaf wall where if you do smaller donations, you'll get your name on a leaf that'll go on the tree of knowledge with oh, the kids. Okay. Uh, what the kids have painted. Mm-hmm. So that'll be fun and. So it's, it's, this is just heartwarming because uh, this is a project that's been done with all volunteers. You know, this whole thing was put together. Uh, we hired our first staff person, Liz. We uh, stole her from the library where she did STEM, the STEM programs at the library. Uh, Liz has been instrumental. And, but this is a community project. That's what's exciting about it. It wasn't some big federal grant, you know, and uh, some yes. program.
3: Zero dollars grant money. Well, I, I take it back. Green Our Planet gave us a $8,000 grant toward their $10,000 uh, indoor grow unit, hydroponic system. Oh, okay. So it only cost us $2,000 for this $10,000 unit.
1: Excellent.
3: And we've had peppers that we actually have two pepper plants in our yard. The little banana pepper ones, I think I've picked 25 peppers off that one little plant this year. Uh, and it was started in the hydroponics unit here in our front door. Front yeah,
2: it's crazy. We, Liz opened it up one time they, when they're growing the tomatoes, mm-hmm. uh-huh. and the smell. Oh yeah, of tomatoes off
4: the roots. Uh-huh. Oh, it was great. Yes. It is amazing what you can do with hydroponics. Yeah, and that's an area that uh, we're we've invested in and going to spend a lot more time in, and also with uh, UNR uh, uh, with their 4-H program. Uh, we'll be working with them on hydroponics. So that's another exciting area working. Also, we just heard we've been donated um, one telescope, Bill Hurd, who passed away a few years ago, a very active man in the community, and who uh, did a lot of work for the Jet Propulsion Laboratory. He donated, uh, through a friend of his, he donated a nice telescope, which we have here. We got the word we're getting a much larger telescope than that one. And if you've seen it, it's a big one. Uh, I think it's a six-inch reflector. We're getting a bigger one uh, yet. And then we've connected with the uh, observatory at Great Basin National Park. Yeah, I've heard about that. It's very interesting and fun. Yes, yes. And their board of directors from the Great Basin uh, Observatory came down and had – they've had two meetings here at our center. And uh, George Galt has worked very closely uh, with the governor's office, and we've – been helpful in them getting internet connection uh, to the telescope. And then we have plans that we're going to have uh, viewing parties for the whole community here, not just kids. And you'll be able in real time, live time, look at uh, different things in the heavens uh, on the telescope direct from the Great Basin National Park Observatory. So that's exciting. We've got that. We've got that going. There's so many exciting things going here. It's just crazy. Just crazy. just untold opportunities here
1: and and i'm just so thankful that you're here spending the time telling us about all of this i had no idea all of this was going on
4: well we have great we have a great board of directors great great group great group you know you folks doing uh your thing we have the ham radio club they're going to have their september meeting here and they've installed ham radio equipment And we're setting up with them. We have antennas on the roof here of the shopping center to do uh, shortwave radio and ham radio. And we're going to be able to do certifications so young people will come in and they can be certified as a uh, ham radio operator. I mean, there's just amazing things going on here. That uh, And it's it's volunteer-driven. That's what's exciting about you guys, ham radio club, the astronomy people. The Rotary clubs, the Lego—I mean, these are projects being done by community people here, here in town. Yeah, and there's a lot of talent in this town. Oh,
1: there is, yes.
4: I don't know if people appreciate that—the uh, the retirees, the the different worlds they come from. I mean, uh, one of our very first uh, volunteers here. Uh, They don't live here anymore, but one of the very first volunteers here literally was a nuclear physicist, and it worked at the nuclear physics lab. Uh, I mean, there is talent here uh, in this town, and they are freely giving their town. There's lots of people coming in and volunteering here.
2: Uh, Well, we all know how retirement goes.
1: Yeah.
3: We're
2: we're,
4: we're busier Busier now. Busier than
3: when we were working. (laughs) Yes.
4: Yep, yep. It's amazing. Mesquite is an amazing town for them, an amazing place to live. It is. Anyone who happens to be listening is asleep by now.
1: (laughs) Oh, it's so interesting. I had no idea all of this was going on or how it started. This has been great.
2: So turning towards the future, what excites you about Mesquite or the STEAM Center?
4: Well, to, to uh, to me, I kind of look at it, uh, uh, there's so many things. We've turned a corner in Mesquite. If you look at the project um, that is uh, Dixie Levitt's doing across the street from City Hall right now, Uh, if you've driven past City Hall on Mesquite Boulevard, look to the right, and you'll see the framing is going up now. And that's going to be a series of shops uh, in that area walking. It's going to be a walking experience for downtown Mesquite. That's going up. You look at the RV park uh, out by the new McDonald's, out in that area, there's the RV park going out there. Uh, in fact, we saw some RVs parked in there uh, yesterday. Uh, we drove by. Uh, you look at the apartment, uh, really nice apartment projects. Uh, the one uh, by Maverick Station that went up, which is studios and very nice apartments, the, the units behind the new bank. Uh, bank, uh, the uh, State Bank of Nevada that went up and the new apartments back there. You look at the apartments out on Hafen that are uh, going in. So we're getting workforce housing. And we're still continuing to get uh, beautiful housing developments. Uh, you look around the town, uh, you've uh, you've got some beautiful housing developments continuing to be built. So we're getting that commercial we're getting that new commercial, we're getting that new business, we're getting continuing to have nice residential developments built. This is really an exciting time in Mesquite and we're doing it all in the middle of 7% mortgage rates. Uh, we're doing it all when a lot of communities are suffering. A lot of areas are uh, are just really on their rear end. I mean, uh, uh, searching desperately for ways out. and. Uh, we're doing this. We are thriving, surviving, and building a beautiful town here in the middle of really challenging economic times. So that's, that's what I'm excited about from the general community.
3: Well, oh, And I, I could see the Mesquite, uh, the steam center, going to where we're going to have maybe welding in the future and partner with CSN to do a lot of um, stuff that maybe their building isn't able to provide. And maybe one of these empty spaces here in the shopping center with its cement floor and nothing mm-hmm. in the room, we, we can help out with some of that.
4: Adult stuff.
2: education. Adult
3: education as well. So yeah,
2: and fun. I heard the Hawaiian food truck was particularly interested yes. in people with welding mm-hmm. experience.
4: They need welding, uh, you know, as their they need welders, electricians, plumbers uh, for the Hawaiian, to make Hawaiian food trucks, uh, which is coming here. Uh, so it's exciting. I mean, uh, just people should, people that live here should step back and think about, look what's going on in this town. We're not closing businesses, mm-hmm. okay? We're opening businesses. We're not closing houses. We don't have empty Houses sitting all over the place and I get around a lot. Uh, I still do work Unfortunately, uh, my real job I other do still other stuff and we get around a lot I see a lot of communities that would die to have what's going on in Mesquite mm-hmm. Right now, so we should be very happy about that. What keeps you up at night?
0: <laughs> what
3: keeps me up is having something blow up about the shopping center that we don't have the money to fix <laughs>
2: <laughs> Like an air conditioning yeah. Yeah.
3: Yeah. Which we are being going to be proactive about now. Lucy actually suggested it at Jensen. She said, once we're done with the heat wave, everybody's having all the repairs and emergency fix it because it's hot. We're going to ask NextGen, who we have a maintenance contract with anyway. They're going to inspect every single uh, AC unit left in the shopping center and tell us which one's in the worst shape. Mm-hmm. And we're going to systematically, one, one a month or two a month, replace them. Because that first wing, where Los Lupes is, that, that's 30 years old. And some of those AC units up there still have the original coils in them. Oh, wow. So when they go out, you gotta replace the whole thing. It Mm -hmm. doesn't make any sense to spend $3,000 fixing two pieces that are bad, when for 4,500 you can replace the whole unit. Mm -hmm. So we're gonna start doing that systematically. on our timeline. <laughs> yeah, unfortunately,
2: we do need air conditioning. Now.
3: Yes, yes, we do.
2: <laughs> Although there was a time, yep, people lived here without air. Isn't conditioning.
3: that? Oh, God, I'm glad I wasn't alive then. <laughs> I lived
4: here then. I guess what keeps me up at night is, uh, and I guess being a uh, having a political background, what keeps me up at night is is seeing it, uh, and I've seen this in a lot of towns also, seeing towns divide and fragment over local politics. And we've had our brushes with that. We've had some serious issues in Mesquite in past years. And uh, I uh, we're too small of a town for people to divide up into groups and for people to hate other people and for people to yell and scream and not have tolerance for other people's views. And so what keeps me up is that our progress will be hindered if, uh, if politically we start dividing this town up. Uh, and so, you know, if one neighborhood starts feeling... You know, like they need something more than another neighborhood or whatever. Uh, You know, I chaired the charter committee and and was on on the original person on the city charter committee and chaired it until this year. There's a real potential for the town for people to come in and they want their thing and they want that thing. So what keeps me up at night is people forgetting the big picture. That we have a successful town. Let's keep it successful, and let's keep working together, and and have tolerance for everybody in this town. Wise words.
1: They are Burton. How long have Ann and you lived here?
4: We've been here 12 and will be 13 years in November.
1: Oh, okay, so you've seen a lot of change. Yes. We've oh been yeah. Here in 2012.
4: Yeah, mm-hmm. we've seen a lot of change and a lot of change at the council, a lot of change in the community, and mm-hmm. and overall, it's been really good. I mean, we. This town is in so much better shape. Uh, it's improved so much in the last ten years, uh, and and we're in such good position right now. It's so exciting, and I just hate to see us ruining it by uh, by people getting too carried away about their own petty little problems. Let's right. think of the big stuff.
1: Right.
2: I want to say thank you for your focus and service to others. Okay. Oh, it's Cause, fun because that's yeah. what <laughs> you do. <Yeah. laughs>
4: Yeah, I think it's fun. We do this for fun. We don't but, do this for any other reason. Yes. It's fun. It's fun to see things happen. Yes, it is.
1: Thank you for giving back to your community here.
4: And that
2: gets us to our last question. And Linda, you get to ask it today.
1: Okay. Our last question is always, what has inspired you recently?
3: I've been watching the Henderson Little League lately. And it's okay. it's really cool to see such young kids with so much talent have an opportunity to do that. Mm -hmm. Um, West Lynn is the town that our kids went to school in, and it's in the Portland area, and it was a very affluent area. So our kids had lots of opportunities, partially because of where we lived. Mm -hmm. But um, seeing that those kids at that age have so much ability and being able to harness it and train it and focus it in the, the school and the coach going out there now wait a minute that wasn't your fault just because you didn't strike that guy out it wasn't your fault you know giving him such positive feedback I, that, that's really cool to see that.
4: Are they in the, the Little League World They Stars? were until two days ago when they okay. they lost uh, but uh, they, they've played several games and they were great great kids. Henderson's really uh, rallied around them. They were on the front page of the Review Journal newspaper in Las Vegas and uh, and it is. Ann's absolutely right. It's been inspiring. And not just them, uh, they are teams from Cuba. Uh, there were teams from Venezuela, teams from China, teams. And to watch these people, these young kids, and watch them play baseball. And they weren't Cubans and Americans, they were baseball players. And mm-hmm. that whole experience. And, and the Little League is still on television. So if you if you haven't watched it, you should watch the games. Doesn't matter who the teams are. Watch the games, and and These see kids, the kids play. They it's, make some
3: phenomenal plays. It's, it's
4: it is truly inspiring to see those kids play. Young kids, uh, untainted by the reality of us adults. <laughs> it's, it's 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 a wonderful <laughs> That's a great experience. Way to put it.
1: Yeah. All right. Well, we want to thank you both for taking time and to talk thank with you. us today. Thank you. It was fun.
2: And look forward to seeing you the next two days as... Yes, our open house. Our we do open, open house. Our grand
3: opening, yep. And I don't know if you saw on the wall as you came into the, the room here, Liz has made um, divided the wall into to five little areas. And the kids are going to put their hands in paint and put their handprint up on the wall. And that will be the background. And above that, once that's done, the letters for steam will be painted on that whole wall.
2: Yeah, we had, we heard Tyler's going to going to champion because it's going to do that tyler from the high school
4: yes oh, yes so it's it's going to be great all the kids get to put their hand handprints on the wall of the of the steam center
3: so can you imagine they're going to come in with their friends and say there's my hand I did that hand <laughs> right there they're going to be so no. invested
2: and if in you place. notice they've got a, a clean walkway
3: all covered the... <laughs>
2: back to the bathroom yep. yeah, yeah. wash yes. their yeah. hands
4: off. keep the paint off the carpet mm-hmm. yeah. yes
3: we, we accidentally spilled some paint when we were painting the donor wall. <laughs> that was a challenge to clean up. So.
2: Yes. Thank you, guys. For All right. Thank you, you very guys, much. Thank you us. very much. Bye.
0: Thank you for joining us on this journey through the fascinating world of STEM. From unraveling the mysteries of the cosmos to delving into the intricate complexities of the microscopic realm, We hope this podcast has sparked your curiosity and ignited your passion for science, technology, engineering, art, agriculture, and mathematics. As we close this chapter, remember that the pursuit of knowledge knows no bounds. Stay curious, stay inspired, and keep exploring the frontiers of STEM. Until next time, may your questions lead to discoveries and your curiosity drive innovation. This is Mesquite Works Steam Chat, signing off from Mesquite, Nevada.